You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Five Things to Watch. Getting you all ready for Chiefs Jets with five things. What's up, everybody? Ken Swanson, Maddie Lane, Craig Stout here. Five things to watch. You get a different perspective, one different thing from five different flavors of shows here on KC Sports Network. You get the lab guys at first. Maddie Lane, Craig Stout, like I said, are here. We want to talk a little bit about the run game for the Kansas City Chiefs on the offensive side of the ball. Very good defense that this team is going up against, Maddie. They're going to have to have some solutions. Uh, to try to slow down the pass rush and help sustain drives. Yeah, the Jets' defense is exceptional. They're especially good against the pass, the secondary, the pass rush. It's all very good. So the Chiefs, to keep them balanced, to keep them honest, I think are going to have to you know rely on the run game a little bit. And obviously, this team is going to go as far as Patrick Mahomes takes them every single week. That's not you know that's no secret. But I do think using the run game to keep the Jets honest, that defense isn't quite as good against the run as they are the pass. So they can find some success there. And I really like over the past few weeks, it seems like the Chiefs aren't leaning into the run game, but they're trying more stuff. They're trying different types of runs. They're not just running zone inside, zone outside. They are running some gap scheme stuff. They ran a zone counterplay that is like only run with wing T teams. Like they're doing different stuff out there. And that's a lot of fun. So I think that's a good way or hopefully a sign that the Chiefs are mixing it up with the run game because I do think they are going to need to do something and I don't against this Jets team and I don't think that can be outside zone with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and expect it to kind of change the number count in coverage or in the box. Yeah, you've got to at least make those linebackers feel like they need to come downhill a lot more aggressively. If you're running that outside zone all the time, they can sit on that a little bit more before they get out there to that. That's, that's just not Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's forte. When you're putting them between the tackles, when you're running duo, when you're running some of these power plays with Isaiah Pacheco, you have to force those linebackers to make that step forward immediately. You want them reading that guard and saying immediately, oh, I got to get downhill because then you can play off of that. You can get into some of your other game or they sit back because they're afraid of the pass game, which could definitely happen with how much they give up over the intermediate areas of the field. And then you want to lean on your good, solid run concepts that fit these guys, the duo, the power, those things that we've seen have so much success for Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Jarek McKinnon, for that matter, for over the past you know couple games here. Feature those runs, then put them away again for a little while, but <laughs> lean on them for a little while, knowing that you're going to have a team that's going to want to sit back a little bit more with their linebackers. You want to make them have to be more aggressive on the second level so that you can exploit behind them. I mean, you guys, we've we've seen this team throw something out early in the season, put it on ice. Like well, that is definitely something I see. Uh, corn dog, <laughs> week one of the week one of the season, they go and use it, and then they come back in the Super Bowl, and, and then they finally use it again. So yeah, maybe you see some diversity in run scheme. You know, like you talked a little bit about the RPO game and getting, you know, like I think we talked a little bit about this on the lab, but, you know, some of the complicated blocking scheme and some of that kind of stuff, it may not be the best team to try to do some of that. Maybe a little bit of it is just lining up and playing some of your wide zones, your your inside zone. But I think that's where the RPO game does become valuable. 
And I don't think that's been a super strong aspect of this offense so far this year. I think there's been some inconsistencies with some of the RPO game stuff to this point. And maybe it's a little bit of the newer receivers, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I think it could be an opportunity for this team to, you know, try to get some guys um, involved in the pass game off of that run, off of the, some of those run looks. Um, but they're, you know, the, the, they got to step up. They got to make the plays. They've got to, you know, they've got to catch the ball, secure the ball over the middle of the field and embrace some contact that's likely coming, but secure the ball before they get it and try not to make too much happen before they get that ball. But good things could happen building off of the run game with that RPO game. I'm going to ask both of you guys, who do we think leads the Chiefs in rushing yards against the New York Jets? Matthew. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco is the easy answer because any run can be a big play, right? I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire ran the football better against the Bears. I thought he made better reads. He was following the blockers better. He actually had a couple really nice runs where he made guys miss. The thing is, Pacheco just needs one run to equalize, you know, three good Clyde Edwards-Hilaire runs because he can make guys miss at a better rate, because he's a little bit more powerful. And I, quite frankly, the Chiefs this year are as close. It's only been three games. They're as close as they've ever been under Andy Reid in the past half decade since Mahomes took over and gap and zone runs. They're almost 50-50. That's not normal. It's early in the year, so it's something I'm monitoring. But Pacheco is the guy that does seem that they don't seem to run as much outside zone, as much inside zone with compared to Clyde. So I think he gets the runs that also they seem to be a little better at as well. But I think that dynamic ability, the fact that they do seem to put him out there a little bit more for some of the counter stuff, for some of the things that allow them to really get downhill, I think he's the safer bet. But it might be just like last week. They're within five yards of each other yet again. Yeah, I- I think that this one leans towards Isaiah Pacheco mostly because of those linebackers. Uh, Quincy Williams, very fast linebacker. He's got some speed, some dynamic ability. So Clyde in the hole, maybe not going to be able to make him miss like he can make some other linebackers miss. Conversely, C.J. Mosley is going to try and lay the hammer in the hole a little bit. Clyde can hold up to that sort of, you know, that sort of pounding, but he's not a guy that's going to run through him in the same way as Isaiah Pacheco. I think that this one just features him it's a really good game for Isaiah Pacheco especially if they lean on more of that gap scheme stuff to really lean on him and say hey we're going to give him the ball 17 times and we're going to take full advantage of the fact that we are running his plays to really showcase that because not only it if you do that you slow down the pass rush you slow down everything up front you slow down the front seven but you're also putting that on tape for future teams they are looking at this and they're saying oh man they committed to gap with Isaiah Pacheco all game long and he was really able to capitalize on that we've got to study that a little bit more and then maybe the next one's a, a Clyde Edwards Hilaire game and maybe the one after that is a Jarek McKinnon game they have kind of this three-headed monster I think it's an Isaiah Pacheco game this week but I can see them setting some of that stuff up for it to be other guys' turn in the future here yeah sleep but I think it is an Isaiah Pacheco week um, and I think you're right. Like their best run concepts and their best potential for an explosive run are going to come from Isaiah Pacheco. That's really kind of something that like we've talked about this and I, I don't think I need to defend Clyde Edwards Lair anymore. Like I think there's a ton of value for him as a football player. I think it looked at him as an asset to potentially trade in the context of him not being on this team, but that was it. He does, you know, he's a quality player. But the explosive element of his game, I mean, he, he hasn't had very many explosive runs in his career either, but he's had steady, stable runs. Um, he's not going to be a guy that's going to burst past second and third level very often, but he's going to get consistent yardage. 
I think there's going to be a couple of big runs that hit here for Isaiah Pacheco this week. So that is definitely, uh, that's the answer for me as well. Maddie, you have the look of someone that wanted to jump in with something else about the run game. I could sure. just beat on your face. So I mean, like, yeah, like, like three minutes ago. That's okay. We'll come back in now. Let's um, jump in. It. Yeah. You know, I, you mentioned the RPO stuff earlier, and I think that's a good reason that the Chiefs keep running their zone stuff. But as you said, they haven't been very reliant on the RPO stuff this year. That hasn't been a main part of what they've done offensively, and that could be because of a lack of success in the run game. When running outside zone, inside zone, which is kind of the catalyst for it, it could be the new receivers, whatever it may be. I think if you're not going to lean into the RPO stuff, though, there's no reason to have a main run and use it as often as they have in years past. There's no reason for the Chiefs to run zone, you know, 70% of the time if the RPO game isn't clicking, because whether or not that's their main, you know, one of their mainstay runs, they don't block it exceptionally well. They just block it okay. And they don't have a ton of success with it. So I would rather see the Chiefs do what they've done the last two weeks and throw a bunch of different runs at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, you might not block it perfectly every time. Yeah, you might have a play where Noah Gray and Travis Kelsey both try to kick out a DN and nobody leads through the hole. But guess what? If you do that enough, eventually you are going to hit one and you're keeping a defense off balance rather than letting them tee off on outside zone or inside zone play after play. So I kind of like that approach. Other teams in the NFL, the Bills don't run the ball a ton, but sometimes when they have success, that's how they do it. It's eight, nine, 10 different run concepts in one game. The Browns, great running team. They have double-digit run concepts they use almost every single game. Not everyone has to be the Tennessee Titans and run three plays and just dominate everybody off of those three plays. I like the Chiefs kind of showing that shift, and I hope it keeps up, and it wasn't just a short two-week spurt that happened. Especially since you don't have teams coming up that you are especially worried about defensively like you are for the New York Jets. There is a gap right here for the Chiefs' offense where you can unload the clip a little bit, lean on some of those things that are going to win you games, and then shelve it for the next six weeks because maybe you don't need to lean on that as much. We've seen Andy do that in the past, as these two have referenced before. I think we see it again this week. Sean Barber was one of my favorite Chiefs growing up, and he's with another one of my favorite Chiefs growing up, Jason Dunn. Let's check them out. Hey, man, what's going on? Thank you for joining us. This is Sean Barber from The Process, and my thing to watch when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Jets is, man, again, we have a quarterback who's struggling. And the one thing we know is that, man, you got to, in this league, keep struggling teams struggling. You got to keep losing teams losing and find a way to beat winning teams. Well, the Jets are a losing team, and it starts at the most key position, which is the quarterback position. I brought on a family, man, a lifelong friend of mine, Jason Dunn. Um, he's here, and obviously a... a Hall of Fame, tight end, man, the University of uh, Western. Eastern, oh, no, Eastern. Eastern. Oh, my Kentucky. God. Come on, one of those directions. One of those directions, he, he faced uh, Eastern Kentucky, Hall of Famer, man. He's going to come in and kind of talk a little bit about maybe some of the struggles he's seeing when it comes to the quarterback position for the Jets. So, you know, what, I, what I'm seeing so far with, with Zach Wilson is, you know, when, you, when you're getting kind of flustered, he, he's not setting his feet. He has a real problem with pressure coming up the middle on him. Anything in his eyes, anything right there in his face, he he abandons ship. That's what I look at. He abandons ship. And so it was very tough for him uh, to to really, I look at the process, to process everything that's going on out there as far as going through his reads. Uh, what we, we can't allow him to do is, uh, there was a time last week that he kind of got into some rhythm. 
Uh, we can't get let him get into a rhythm uh, against the Chiefs. And so when he does that, he looks very good. So you got to keep his feet moving. You got to keep something always coming in his face. You always got to have bring some pressure from here and there. Spags does a good job of bringing pressure from different places, different angles. Uh, and I think it's going to bode well for us. So I think it's part of the problem that we have to look at. Well, at least for them, they have to worry about uh, with the Chiefs. And we know with Chris Jones up front, uh, uh, Karlofkis, uh, uh young, young, Daddy, Yadi, all of those guys, these guys are going to come after him. We know that. So we, uh, you know, we, we're looking for that defensively to come after this guy, uh, to get him off the ground, get him off the grass, and to make some errant throws. Maybe we'll get some more turnovers, Chop. That's what we're looking for, right? Hey, man, I love that. I love that. Hey, like he said, man, what we want to do, the, the thing to watch is going to be how the defense handles Zach Wilson. Can we keep a unsure quarterback remaining unsure? Um, and do, don't allow him to get any um, kind of comfort level, um, make him stay inconsistent, and don't let him get into a flow of the game. So with that, that is my one thing to watch. How do we treat Zach Wilson, and how do we keep him off schedule and uh, still struggling? So, again, this is Sean Barber from The Process, my man Jason Dunn, and we're back to you. That's Sean Barber. And Jason Dunn, a couple Chiefs legends. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best as you tackle a busy autumn? Try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons, including breakfast items like our delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato, bacon, and egg breakfast skillet. Or for an easy wellness boost, try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. Head to factormeals.com slash KCSN50 and use code KCSN50 to get 50% off. That's right, 50% off by using code KCSN50 at factormeals.com slash KCSN50 to get 50% off. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Chiefs. Fellas, are you running into some stubble trouble? Are you dreaming of that clean-shaven look but hate going through the hassle of a wet shave every other day? Well, I know you are, and that's why we've partnered with Manscaped. The brand for Below the Waist is coming to save that beautiful face. Yes, sir, Manscaped now has beard products and is going a step further with the launch of their brand new Andyman Electric Face Shaver. It's designed to give your face that smooth and chiseled finish without the mess of a traditional shave. 
make sure to join the 9 million men worldwide who have trusted Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Head over to Manscaped.com and use code KCSN for 20% off and free shipping. Your face is the first thing people see when you walk through a door. Give them something to look at with Manscaped's Handyman. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-sized package with long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. Trust me, gentlemen, you cannot go wrong with any of their options. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KCSN at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code KCSN. Hit the refresh button with the handyman. Five things to watch here on KC Sports Network. Continuing our coverage of Chiefs Jets, we are now going to hear from BJ Kissel with special guest 810's Todd Lebo. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to Five Things. BJ Kissel hanging out with Sports Radio 810's Todd Lebo. Todd, we just heard Barber talk about not giving the Jets any hope, take away any hope. I think a lot of the hope left when Aaron Rodgers got hurt earlier this year and what was going to be even from a Chiefs fan's perspective, just a cool storyline to follow to see what was going to happen with the Jets this year. And then Zach Wilson gets kind of thrown back into the mix, and we've seen uh, not great, Bob, uh, with what we've seen from Zach Wilson. Uh, when you flip on the game on Sunday night, when you're getting ready to watch, what is it with Zach Wilson, this Jets offense, against Chiefs defense is playing pretty well. What are yeah. you looking most forward to watch? we got to keep them uncomfortable. That's the thing. You know, it's interesting. You Earlier in the week, was in the locker room and, and asked Willie Gay what he saw on tape, and he paused for like five seconds, and then couldn't really didn't didn't have the ability to, to say something really nice, right? But yeah. then you you, know, you go talk to Brendan Daly about it, and he tells you all the things they do really well. You know, if you give Zach Wilson the right spot and the right space, and then it, everything's on time, it can be really good looking for a few plays, right? But the idea is just don't let them have that. Keep him uncomfortable, which I think the Chiefs are great at keeping even really seasoned veterans uncomfortable at quarterback. And I think this team will have a, the, the ability to get that done. That's my key. Would just don't let him get comfort. And don't let them use the running game. Make it up to where they have to throw the ball because their run game is okay. Yeah. And besides Dwayne Brown getting banged up and being out, obviously it was going to hurt them. Dalvin Cook hasn't been great in New York, but we know he's got talent. Brees Hall is a good young running back, obviously coming off the injury, but they do have talent at a couple of positions that if you completely fall asleep, they can hurt you. Garrett Wilson is a very, very good yeah. receiver uh, in this. So if the Chiefs are going to struggle, if they're going to make a couple of big plays, if they fall asleep at all, 17, I believe, is Garrett Wilson. you got to watch out for him. And then Brees Hall is another player that you've got to worry about. Outside of that, we were talking about this before we started recording. I always feel bad for Zach Wilson in some ways because I do think coming out of college, like he had natural arm talent. He had some skill but he seems so shell-shocked and just so lacking in confidence. And I know ESPN's Dan Orlovsky was talking about it this week when I saw him, that they just need to figure out a way to take the pressure off of him or just get him to enjoy playing football again because it seems like all of that is gone and with everything being yeah. said about him. and I'm not him. sure they have the ability to do that. Like I think if you gave Zach Wilson and this Jets team to Andy Reid, he might be able to find easy things for him to do. The Jets haven't been able to do that yet. Right, you need to get some confidence for him. He doesn't have the confidence right now, and this is a really good Chiefs defense. They faced kind of the same situation last week with Fields. You know, he yeah. wasn't doing great, and he kept talking about he wanted to be free and he wanted to do all these things. Did he look like he played free? Yeah. No, they they were able to make him not do that. So I think the Chiefs are a bad team for them to face to make him feel better and yeah. and to have that confidence. And you know his. 
his season that basically got him picked number one was like basically in a vacuum. It was the oddball, you know, uh, COVID season and, and all that. He got picked high in the draft in the first round. And and I think he's got some of that talent that could translate in the right place. But I tell people this all the time, man, situation where you get picked by what team is so important. And I think, I think almost every quarterback, if they got picked by the Chiefs in the situation that Patrick Mahomes was picked in where you didn't have to play right away, and all that with this talent around, you'd probably be a lot better. And this is just a really bad spot for Zach Wilson. And most every place is a bad spot because you're getting picked by a team who's picking in the top 10. Yeah. And not often is someone trading all the way up to get you. The Chiefs were already a good team. Wilson is a bad spot for bad, bad player. And it was, it almost seemed like this was going to be kind of a redshirt year for him where you can sit. You've got Aaron Rodgers in that room. You can kind of learn what it is like to be around. And granted, there's people can succeed in different ways, the way that different players prepare. But at least to have that example in front of you in the room every day that you can try and learn from in like, what, two minutes into the season, it's, hey, you're the guy again. Um, let's pivot and talk a little bit more about the Chiefs defense uh, and what we've seen from them. Uh, talked about, I know the PFF numbers came out, Trent McDuffie, the top rated cornerback mm-hmm. in the NFL right now. What has been the most impressive thing that you've seen from the Chiefs defense through the first three weeks? Well, I think all of those things mixed together. I think the defensive backfield, you know, last year in training camp, Dave Merritt, the secondary coach, called them the Fab Five, right? And they're not all there right now, but they are getting better. And McDuffie especially is getting better because we didn't really get to see him for the whole year last year because of the injury in week one. He is playing at a super high level. And and the Chiefs always use the PFF numbers. And when we talked to Dave Merritt about that this week, he's like, oh, he's number one? Well, he should be. You know what I mean? They don't look at their internal numbers. He's grading well on the internal numbers as well. I was really impressed this past week. With Nick Bolton being out, he's been such a catalyst for them, and he's the the real quarterback of the defense, the green dot, all that stuff. Yeah. Drew Tranquil did a nice job yeah. stepping in. And the line, you know, listen, Charles, I mean, he was back in the building. He can be around now. He can't play for a few weeks. Yeah. They're surviving right now, and I think they will only get better as they go. I'm curious to see Chris Jones' workload this week. You know, they, they've said this week that he didn't have as many snaps because it was just the, the score of the game and all that, but... He did not play the last series of the first half, and then he was back out there in the second half. So I think he's getting a little treatment somewhere. They're being a little coy about some of that, but uh, they need to watch him. This would be a great week to be up a lot and not have to play him. Now, the hard part for Chris is the more he plays, the more money he makes. Yeah. Now, he can't be thinking about that stuff in, in week three, but when you put those kind of bonuses in your in your contract, yeah. we'll all calculate it every week and see yeah. where it stands. Yeah, they, They'll say that they don't know, but they know. Like he'll know in the back of his mind. He knows uh, what's going on. I think it's an interesting in talking about uh, the DBs because there's so many of them being the second year players that we spent a lot of time during the off season talking about like the mercenaries, like who the hired guns are going to bring in to, to add whatever talent to the defense. And we're all guilty of just not, not that we don't know that development is important, but talking about how good is the chief's defense going to be when you have such a high percentage of the snaps that were played by the defense, by rookies last year, knowing that development is a very real thing, yeah. especially from that those first two to three years, that all of those guys, the Trent McDuffies, the Brian Cooks, the Jalen Watsons, the Josh Williams, the George Karloftis, those guys are going to take a step forward. They're mm-hmm. going to get a little better. And we saw that from them. We've seen it with George Karloftis. I think he's sixth in the NFL right now in pressures. Um, that you bring up Charles Amenahu, who was my favorite pickup because of what he can do. I know he's listed as a defensive end, but for me, I only think of him as an inside rusher. Right. And what he can do athletically moving around that the more we can get snaps from, you know, Felix and you Duque to see what George Koloftis is doing 
by the time Amenahu gets here, those young guys have some more snaps. This could be a very, very, very good defense. Yeah, for sure. They've already they've gotten off to such a great start already. And it's helped to, you know, play the Bears last week who are very good. And yeah. I guess the Jags aren't as good as we thought because they're not showing what we kind of thought they could could be. Yeah. And we'll see what happens Sunday night. But I I mean I don't think the Jets are going to go out and pour a bunch of points onto the Chiefs. So it's some of it's situational, but they're just playing so well. And and I think another guy is Justin Reed. He's not a rookie, but year two is important. And he is is really feeling comfortable. He kind of deferred last year to Juan Thornhill to be the leader as a, in the safety room. And now like he's he's the guy's leader. And Brian Cook is following his lead. And he's in year two as well. I love this defense. Now, this isn't my problem, but the problem for Brett Veach and the group will be who we pay. All those things will come up. I've told a lot of Chiefs fans this year, don't worry about the salary cap in 2025. That's not your problem. That's someone else's problem. Enjoy this year. Because yeah. the, the reason it was so important in my mind to get Chris Jones back and get him in the fold is you have a, a door that's going to always be open with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. But how open is the door? Yeah. How, how wide open is the Super Bowl door? And with Travis Kelsey, it's open always. With uh, Patrick Mahomes, it's open. With this good young part of this offensive line, it's open. And Chris Jones opens up a little bit further. Yeah. And whether or not he's here in 2025 or whatever, doesn't matter. Enjoy 2023. It's a it's a joy anytime you get to watch Patrick Mahomes play football yeah. and Andy Reid coach it. So you just enjoy the regular season and see where see where they get. But the the window is wide open for this team with the players they have right now. And this young defense will probably keep it open a little bit further as well. Yeah. That's the interesting thing about um all of us who talk about this team and you spend our lives talking about the team and breaking it all down. That at the same time you have to keep context. And we've talked about this before. Right now, like with the whole Taylor Swift thing, is like the whole pop culture sports world is descending upon Kansas city in the coolest way and promoting it. Whereas 11 years ago, there were banners flying at that stadium saying, get rid of everybody. And just how much has changed because a Clark flew to Philly Mm -hmm. and because they made the decision to draft Patrick Mahomes and the trickle down effect of what that's done for everyone from obviously from a fan standpoint, but from what you guys do, from what we do, like it's, it's hard to keep content. Keep keep trying, right? I mean, yeah. you know, they they tried when when Clark took the team over. He made the big change, got rid of Carl yeah. Peterson. They start hiring new people, and and but you know what? When they work, try again. You got to keep trying, and a lot of organizations keep trying. How many Jets quarterbacks have been drafted early? You know, maybe Sam Darnold run around and Zach Wilson. They ah, oh, let's go get the thirty eight year old or forty year old Aaron Rodgers. You got to keep trying to do this stuff, and when you get it all right, you just have to ride it as long as you can. And I think that's what Andy Reid maybe doesn't get nearly as much credit for. He keeps it all so calm. He is yeah. so driven, and even with this, this Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey stuff, yeah. I know he doesn't like it. Okay, he doesn't like this yeah. kind of stuff, but he hasn't caused a stir about any of it, and it's all been good. I don't know what's happening behind closed doors, but I know this: Travis Kelsey gets the message that football is football, yeah. and I don't think you ever have to worry about him. With that, you don't have to worry about Patrick Mahomes. With no matter how many commercials he does, dude wants to win, yeah. and you can't have enough guys in the biggest, most important positions that are built like that and they have it for sure right now and you mix it all together it's a, it's a great thing and even with all that you can't win every year yeah you just can't do it but you have to take advantage while you have this this window this open yeah golden age of chiefs football you have a top four all-time wins list head coach leading the way you've got the most talented quarterback the best start of a quarterback in nfl history and the best tight end to ever play the game it's a good time and one of the most disruptive uh, defensive tackles Ends, whatever you want to call Chris Jones, who's yeah. just, he'd been outstanding and could just do things that he wants. And this 
really great young defense that, that is just overlooked by most of the league because yeah. everyone was talking about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And this defense may be, I mean, they've already won a game for them. There'll be other yeah. ones too. There'll be other ones where they win games. And that was not the case, uh, you know, 2018 when the offense was so insane. The defense wasn't winning games. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Good stuff there. Again, Sports Radio 810's Todd Lebo joining us for our thing, five things, for our thing here on five things to watch. We'll send it back to the guys from the lab. The Chiefs definitely don't want Zach Wilson getting right against them. I think it's going to be uphill sledding for him to try to be able to sustain successful offense against a very good Chiefs defense. Speaking of that defense, they have a good defensive line. We're going to talk about both sides of the trenches with the guys from outside the trenches. Excited to hear what Tucker Franklin has to say. What say you, buddy? All right, I appreciate that, kid. Outside the trenches here, I'm hanging out with Big B. I'm Tucker Franklin, and we are going to talk about, of course, the trenches. That's what we talked about every week, Big B, and we're going to keep doing it until the wheels fall off because I think this is a really interesting matchup when you start to look at the trenches for both teams on both sides of the ball. First, let's start with the uh, Jets' offensive line because, as we talked about on the Outside the Trenches podcast earlier this week, an offensive line and an offense in general that was built around Aaron Rodgers now trying to find an identity, and it looks like it might be around running the football here. Well, what do you think about their offensive line, Big B? Well, even before Rodgers got hurt, that was a point of contention with the, the, the Jets anyway. They were concerned about being able to protect Aaron Rodgers. Turns out they actually he got hurt on a play where Dwayne Brown whiffed on a block and a guy sacked him and he ends up getting hurt. So, you know, that was always going to be a point of contention. But they wanted to, to be able to run the ball to offset that. Well, now that Zach Wilson is the quarterback, teams are like, beat us throwing the ball. I dare you. Because we're not going to let you run it at all. Teams are stacking the line, putting extra guys up there. And while the line isn't horrible run blockers, they're not great. But, you know, when you have too many people up there, you just can't run the football. They're making them throw. And when they have to throw and they have to pass block, the Chiefs have a huge advantage because they are not good pass blockers at all. You mentioned them being decent at the run blocking game. A little surprised when I was looking at the PFF grades for Second in run blocking in the NFL in terms of PFF grades. And when you start to talk about making them throw the football, getting after the quarterback, that pass rush is going to be where the Chiefs can kind of try to make some of that money. As uh, Mekhi Becton, Connor McGovern, both tied for 13 in pressures with 10 allowed uh, for both of them. So they've got some uh, some leaky guys when it comes to that offensive line getting after getting after uh, Zach Wilson and seeing what they're going to be doing there. Willie Gay was asked about the uh, was asked about the Jets' offense, and listen, I know he kind of danced around it a little bit, but he's right. They got some good running backs. They're going to have to contain the run. They're going to have to dare Zach Wilson to beat them. I think that's the way the Chiefs have to play this game up front, especially be very stout against the run. Wouldn't be surprised if we see maybe Keandre Coburn active for this game because he hasn't been active for the last two games. A game where they expect a little bit more running to happen. Get some more nose guards up in here. Get some more nose guard action. Uh, that we get to see them uh, kind of sturdy up that front and, and see what they can do. But Big B, let's flip it the other way. Let's talk about the Chiefs offensive line with the Jets defensive line, a defensive unit that it will be the best defense that they have seen so far this year, a best defensive line that they're going to see so far this year, a, a, a completely new test for the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. 
Yeah, uh, the Jets' defense, is, as a overall, is very, very good. And they're good up front. Look, their front seven, is, you can match it up against just about anybody. So the Chiefs' offensive line is going to have to bring their lunch pail to get some things done. It's not that they're not capable of doing it. And you can run the football a little bit, but you're going to have to play well. Because not only can they stop the run, they can get after the quarterback too. Right. So the Chiefs' offensive line, again, they're more than capable. I think they will handle themselves, but they're going to have to play well for the Chiefs to, to play well, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And I think when I started looking at these uh, this grades here from PFF, 30th in run blocking when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs grade-wise, uh, they're about middle of the road, 11th, above average in terms of pass blocking. Obviously, we know the Chiefs love to, to throw the ball around the yard. It's been the receivers. It's been the tough problem. Uh, but the protection has been fairly decent. But one guy in particular that could really be up for a tough week, Donovan Smith, tied for fifth in pressures this season. Uh, thoughts on Donovan Smith's season so far? I know there's been a lot of attention placed on Jawan Taylor with the penalties and everything. But Donovan Smith hasn't been having the year that we've kind of expected in Kansas City. Yeah, he, he's got to be better. I mean, let's just be honest. He's got to start playing better. Hasn't played well, given up a lot of pressures. Um, he's just, he's got to be better. It seems like it's, it's, he's not moving his feet as well as I think a lot of Chiefs fans and Chiefs in general thought that he was going to be doing. Um, maybe they thought, you know, last year was just an aberration because he was hurt last year. He was, and he mm-hmm. played through injury. Well, I'm hoping he's not hurt now because it kind of looks the same. Uh, and that's not a good sign moving forward. He's just got to up his game. Uh, and I think he will. Yeah, I think he will. Early season, maybe getting some some kinks worked out, whatever the case may be. But the bottom line is he's got to play better, and I think he will play better. I hope so. Uh, that's what we're hoping for in Kansas City. I've, listen, I got a lot of good positive takes about Donovan Smith. I want to see Donovan Smith do well, uh, especially with the money they're paying him there. I mean, if you get a good get some good, good returns there from a guy at that spot, that'll be good. Want to see Jawan Taylor shake off some of this uh, this penalty stuff. Hopefully, uh, Taylor Swift being in the audience will kind of help draw some attention from Chris Collinsworth also off of him. But anyhow, Kate, let's send it back to you and hear more of uh, five things to watch. Make sure to hang out with us outside the trenches every Wednesday at 9 p.m. We'll be live hanging out, and you can always catch us after the fact wherever you listen to podcasts. Kent, it's all yours. Appreciate you, Tucker. Thanks for all of your analysis there. All right. Time to hear from the gentleman from Only Weird Games. Joshua Briscoe, the time is yours. Thank you, Kent. A pleasure to get a handoff from you as always. Usually, I'm usually just holding it when I kick the football. But now we're here from uh, two-thirds of Only Weird Games. Seth Kaiser, Joshua Briscoe with you. Uh, Seth, we, we talked quite a bit on Only Weird Games about Rasheed Rice in particular. I want to do that again here today. But not just Rasheed Rice, the entire receiving core. They, they performed admirably against the Bears, but we... Had everyone warned ahead of time, that Bears unit was not a fearsome one. So when you do get a much, much, much better test, even as Zach Wilson's a problem on the Jets' offense, that defense is is still a real threat, uh, yep. as certainly the uh, defensive backs in particular. What are you going to be looking for? How can we be checking in to see if guys like Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore are able to make it happen a couple weeks in a row? Absolutely. And one thing I really like about what the Chiefs have shown is you like, you know, hey, Justin Watson's shown out as the occasional deep threat to punish teams when they play man. MVS and him, couple deep balls when teams have tried playing man. That's all you got to do. Keep them a little bit honest. But Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice are going to be the primary guys there. They're looking for someone to replace that Juju Smith Schuster compliment that they needed last year. And we saw that against the Bears from Rice and Moore, really. Um, but that was the Bears. 
Yeah. Uh, Rice has shown flashes throughout the season so far. That's what I'm going to be looking for. I'm going to be looking for two specific things. One, or do they both continue to get some primary read looks and do something with them? Because that's what they did against the Bears. Two, does Rishi Rice show that same comfort against zone that he showed against the Bears? And I've got a third one. If the Jets, who are built more for it, switch things up from what other teams are doing and play more man, because that's what teams did a lot last year, and say, nope, we don't think your guys are good enough to separate, and we're tired of Travis Kelsey shredding us, can Rice or more be that guy that beats man coverage? That's the thing I'm going to be looking for. That that will be a blast, uh, the, the, the man coverage element, because we spent so much time talking about the zone defense the Chiefs have been seeing so much of. It's close to 75% of snaps this year, as Nate was telling us, on the full version of Only Weird Games. Um, with with that, uh, putting that off to the side, you use the word comfort. And again, it's the word that I, I, I was saying it like post game last week, and it's been continuing to murmur throughout this entire week for Rasheed Rice. It's it's because it's the standout trait right now. It's because how many times has a receiver three games in in an Andy Reid offense shown you at least two examples, I mean, not just individual examples, but the touchdown uh, against the Jags and then a couple of occasions against the Bears of looking comfortable and also on the same page with Patrick Mahomes. Now, it's funny because Rice against the Bears bookended his day terribly. It, it, this, this, it was not a bleep sandwich because the bread was bleep and everything in the middle of the sandwich was delicious. But he, he has that route where, where he slows down a little bit more than Mahomes wanted him to. Mahomes yep. even said that, I think, on, on Wednesday in his presser talking about that kind of off the cuff. But, but that was a, an instance of, of, I don't know, it was misreading or just, just pulling off the throttle a little bit. And then, of course, the Blaine Gabbert pick that goes, uh, office pads and, and pops up and gets picked off. What is your level of confidence right now in, I guess, his level of confidence? Because we, we've seen the we've seen the flaws, but man, seeing it all look just comfortable offensively is, is such a nice surprise. I think seeing it this early is a big deal. And that's where we're three games in, in a tough offense. And he's kind of having to earn every step of the way because we've got the presumption of more being over him. We've got the presumption of Tony being over him. We got the presumption even of Justin Watson being over him. And right now, he's kind of fighting through those things and chewing up some snaps. So I'm excited to see what it looks like in terms of, you know, does that continue to develop? I'm guessing as a rookie, it's going to be kind of like a jagged thing rather than just, you know, a straight line. But it would be great to see him build on it against a much better secondary. You mentioned Tony's name. It's just a guy we haven't talked about at all this week. He played one or two offensive snaps against the Bears. Just had the one target, lost a yard, whatever. Um, that that was largely because of the toe injury. He's been limited this week as well. Nate was saying that might have something to do with getting Rasheed uh, the ball a little more often, which is exciting as well. But I think it's kind of interesting that the guy who was by and large discussed as the number one wide receiver for this Chiefs team this year, he he is is now at a point where we're talking about maybe limiting practice reps to get other guys involved. The skill set's still there. I don't think they were going to remove him from the picture after even the most disastrous week one one of the most disastrous receiving performances in in NFL memory, if not NFL history. Like, it was a nightmare. But right. the traits are all still there. You continuing to, to feed Canarius Tony, or or would you at this point, well, notwithstanding, which is always the asterisk, if the toe is still bothering him, don't force him out there, I guess. But what's your heat check on Tony right now? I think right now they've got him in that niche role. He seems comfortable in it. He missed all of training camp. That's going to matter. And I think they're going to be bringing him along slowly. We don't know, and no one does, whether or not Tony can translate that skill set into a full-time you know, NFL role. We don't know, and I don't know if the Chiefs know that either. So in the meantime, he might just become a souped-up McCall Hardman 
um, in that he's not as fast as McCole Hardman because like three people in the NFL are, but he's better with the ball in his hands. So maybe he becomes your supercharged gadget guy who sees, you know, six to eight touches per game through that role, but only runs 25 routes. Maybe that's the route you go. And if that's the case, if that's the ceiling in the offense is what we've seen him do in limited snaps, still worth what they paid for him. And so I'm excited to see that and see how they try to continue to fold in. You know, Andy Reid will put him in the best position to succeed. Really excited to see that in prime time on Sunday Night Football. We send it back to our prime time star. Here's back to you, Kit. That might be the nicest thing Joshua Briscoe's ever said to me. Uh, thank you. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Uh, always great to hear from the only weird games guys. It's exciting to have them here at KC Sports Network. A lot of great stuff going on KC Sports Network. A lot of great coverage getting you ready for Chiefs Jets. Make sure you're checking out the 810 pregame show on 810 Sports Radio. And of course, we're going to be going live following Chiefs Jets, reacting to everything that happens in week four of the Chiefs season. Thank you to everyone that gave something, some kind of perspective today on this show. I'm Ken Swanson. We appreciate you all. Enjoy Chiefs Jets, and we'll catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.